0: Hey everyone, welcome to Tech Life episode 503, a show for IT business owners by IT business owners. I'm your host, Paco LeBron. I'm joined today by Jason Miller from Unbound Digital. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thanks. Great to be here. Great. Um I know that me and you had met way back in September at the uh, unconvention in DC. Uh we had a great conversation on quite a few things actually. And I just basically I you know I asked if you would be interested in coming on to the show. Um, back then, obviously, it was called uh, Pot Nuts Daily, but still kind of the same good old goodness that we have for the listeners, just to hear uh, stories on IT business owners, whether a small shop or big MSPs, just to kind of give some uh, transparency on kind of what you're doing in your business. And hopefully this will bring some value to our listeners as well. But, but just wanted to just jump right in here. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of just got started in computer repair as a whole?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, basically started just kind of on the side at another business. Actually, was a mechanical engineer before and uh, worked worked a couple jobs doing that locally and just not enough, um, you know, places to excel around here and that. So we actually had a computer business on the side because most of those jobs, I got off at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, started off with one one business here locally. I just you know, knew I was great at computers and said, hey, come help us. And they kind of springboard and got started from there um started off with that and uh luckily had a buddy that had a, a sun and fun store which was a tanning salon and pool and spa place and he's like hey if you need some storefront you know uh go ahead and join us in the back here i have a huge room it's like 400 square feet you know so started off in there at the storefront thought that'd be the greatest thing ever you know especially for free uh so yeah yeah so then we uh you know he didn't pay his taxes there and had a little issue there falling out so um Anyways, we jumped ship and uh, went in with a web designer here locally and opened our storefront uh, together and had a little bigger storefront. And since then, we've moved about three more times. Uh, and like I said, started in 2000, and, you know, here it is, 2018, still going strong. Uh, went from myself as a single, you know, employee shop, residential only, a little bit of business on the side. And then now we're probably 85% business. And, you know, the rest of the rest of that's probably residential. We kind of have a hybrid MSP slash uh, you know, in shop repair as well, but mainly toward the business side of things nowadays.
0: Okay. Sorry. Now you have your own store now still, or did you uh, migrate it over to being a home business?
1: Uh, no, we still have our own store. We have eight, em- eight employees currently. We're actually in the interview process of, uh, hiring another employee to be kind of first line of a defense for help desk, uh, for all of our business clients. Uh, so, uh, and, and we're also, we also have the joy of, uh, You know, uh, not only going crazy with business, but uh, actually moving uh, locations right now as well to get a larger, larger area. So uh,
0: now are you doing this because of space for because of the current um, location you're at, or is it more just because you're going to go to more of a business or there's going to be some more opportunities in the uh, the next location you're looking at?
1: Yeah, actually, the the new location is in the same building I'm in. It's just we're going from eighteen hundred square feet to forty five hundred and fifty and it's on the upstairs backside of the building still the parking lot still even with the with the upstairs too it's kind of like two-step level uh, uh complex or whatever but um yeah so we're, we're you know it's not as right now we're on the road front on a very busy road uh but we're actually moving to the backside of the building which you know doesn't have the road front but in a sense we don't care as much anymore because you know like i said we're mainly business focused uh we're looking for more office space and still we'll have a really nice showroom uh my wife uh is fortunate enough to work with me uh, she quit her full-time job and works for us full-time as an accountant in operations. So she's, you know, she's a designer going through all that stuff and, uh, you know, went shopping at Ikea. So we'll have all <laughs> kinds of cool all kinds of cool stuff. So, uh, very nice. nice. Very nice.
0: I did have the pleasure to meet your uh, wife at the, uh, con- uh, at the conference over in uh, DC as well. Very, she was very informative. And I think she was also handling a lot of your testing along with yourself and your employees with the, um, new beta version of Repair Shopper, right?
1: yeah exactly yeah we've been on beta for quite a while so we're trying out the new interface and some other features uh so we've been with repair shopper since 2013
0: so okay very cool yeah i've been around the same uh around the same time i think around 2013 as well i just now started getting a little bit more in depth with a lot of the automations and uh things like that so cool
1: yeah yeah we we use a lot of automation and Uh, you know, tons of modules inside of Repair Shopper. So every new feature comes out. We're usually testing it, see if it'll help us, you know, improve our business. So, and, you know, with her working for me, she's got the time to mess around with that
0: stuff and actually figure it out. So nice, nice, nice. Now the 85% that you mentioned that is of business clients, are those managed services recurring business clients, or is it a mix of, managed managed services and break-fix business clients for some of whatever on-demand things that they may have, you know, during a duration of time that you've been with them?
1: Yeah, so we we basically, the 85% is basically majority of managed services clients. And of course, we do break-fix as well. So, you know, usually we try and convert those break-fix over to managed services. Uh, I mean, we have, you know, probably 100 businesses in the area that we help out that's break-fix. And then we have, you know. Quite a few other, you know, several hundred um, managed service clients as well. So, uh,
0: keeping up with all that is sometimes crazy. So, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I can only imagine. Um, so I guess, you know, as far as those businesses, I guess we can jump into our next um, question. I guess, is what type of things do you do? in your business for your businesses. So as you mentioned, you kind of go crazy trying to, you know, manage as much as you can. Obviously we talked about Repair Shopper as one of your tools, being able to try and keep somewhat everything in a flow. Um, What else do you use to help kind of run your business when dealing or just assisting with uh, business operations as a whole at Unbound? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, Repair Shopper is a huge deal with that. Um, You know, with all the tickets and keeping up with stuff, keeping our tech straight and what they're doing next uh the calendar integration is huge for us because um that automatically puts uh, appointments on their calendars so that's a huge help in keeping our tech scheduled uh and then we use SolarWinds uh msp it used to be max focus gfi max whatever but uh we, we started using that a long time ago about the same time we started using um uh, repair shopper so it's it's actually kind of grown in the past year or two since SolarWinds bought it out they've uh greatly expanded and kind of taken over uh you know into a po- more positive direction than max focus was so and uh kind of this year's goal you know everybody has new year's goals is just kind of uh you know streamline our business a little bit to help us uh you know have those single panes of glass so we've kind of we used to have you know a backup solution over here and you know this over there and so now we're kind of dialing it back and getting into one uh single pane of glass i mean we use solar winds for you know, backup file, file level backup, we've kind of switched all of our, you know, BDR, backup disaster recovery, all over to Datto devices, Uh, we're getting away from four or five different services and trying to narrow that down to two or three, you know, so just trying to streamline it so it's easier for our techs, you know, when they do those daily checks in SolarWinds or Datto, it's two places to go instead of five or six, and, you know, trying to figure
0: out that, you know, just
1: waste time and, you know, makes
0: us more efficient, so. Sure, sure. Now, are you able to do this because of the volume and the need for your business? And um, I guess how I want to go with this question is the services that you had before, I imagine just because there were so many of them doing so many things, this allowed you now to kind of consolidate everything. Is this a matter of you know, the price is right. Um, being able to consolidate all this to, uh, I assume as the mob is what they call the back, uh, backup portion of SolarWinds and, um, daddle with the BDR solutions. Is it a matter of just because you want to consolidate everything because, you know, it just makes time and things easier. Um, or at a price point, it makes sense because of you had so many other services kind of running around and it just killed more time rather than needed
1: yeah it's, it's basically the time issue uh you know over over several services you know and also onboarding new technicians that come to work for us is is always kind of a pain because you know if you streamline down to Basically, two solutions is what we have now. Uh, you know, it's easy to train two solutions than you know five or six. So then it's like, oh yeah, this customer's in this backup solution, and this customer's in that backup solution, and I I need to restore a file where would I go? It's just caused a started seeing you know a lot of confusion. You know, when I when we we're you know just a couple of techs, you know, it wasn't a big deal for a couple of us to you know hey you know I know where everything's at. But as we start growing and hiring more people over the you know past five or six years, you know it's just become more of a more of a headache to try and let let the technicians know where it's at and kind of training and stuff like that. So try, just basically streamlining for saving us time and also training our techs, uh, so they're not guessing where stuff's at. So
0: gotcha, gotcha. And the reason why I asked that question is because I want to make sure that the listeners know that you know the purpose of obviously you doing this is because you've gotten to a point now that you need to do this. You, it's it's a demand. It helps alleviate time. What you need to train on, which uh, is payroll dollars. That's going to be spent on training these uh, employees of yours versus, you know, for somebody that's starting out or has a couple people into their uh, shops, you know, you those solutions that you were using were probably great solutions. It's just a matter of right now you needed to kind of dial everything back. And if it does cost a little bit more more money, that money is going to be well invested due to the amount that were probably uh, being wasteful in the amount of time you had to take to train these uh, new technicians. So, um, I think that's all, one of the big points that I wanted to kind of drive home just with that question specifically. Um, and I know you talk, You just mentioned about you kind of have it all set up to the calendar appointment feature um, through Repair Shopper. Uh, what, are you an Office 365 house or a G Suite house?
1: Uh, we we use G Suite, uh, so it it's, uh, makes it super nice. I mean, you put it on the calendar, all the techs have to do is, uh, you know, we all use Android phones. I know there's a lot of iPhone people out there, so no, nothing gets them. Uh, but we're, we're we're Android people and uh, use, uh, you know, Google G Suite, which kind of integrates really well with it. So once you put the calendar appointment on there, uh, they basically go to the car, and beside the calendar entry, there's a map icon. They hit that, and they navigate. So, I mean, it it's makes it super quick to get there. You don't have to retype addresses or anything, so. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So I'm one of the unfortunate with the iPhones, but I am on G Suite and it's so amazing on the ability that you have to integrate all that into the smartphone. Um, I will say that I have set it up where defaults will always go to Google Maps, but it's such a pain sometimes with certain apps that want to open Apple Maps sometimes. And I've deleted the app. So it says, do you want to redownload this app? Um, so the other cool part about the Android phones, because I did have two. Um, devices at one point, an Android and an iPhone, but a consolidated sense is with the Android devices, when you have an appointment, it had that cool feature where it knew where it can detect the traffic to your location and gives you that reminder, hey, you probably want to start hitting the road now to get on your uh, destination on time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that helps out with our technicians, you know, it pops up and says, hey, in order to reach your destination on time, you need to leave by 245 instead of, you know, three. So it really helps out a lot in getting them there on time. So
0: yeah, no, couldn't agree. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just a big nut for LG Android phones. So I just recently found out that the Pixel 2, um, is, was manufactured by uh, LG. So I think I may be, uh, Moving over to Google Fi again, Uh, Google Project Fi, just for the mere fact of my iPhone 6S, it's on the downhill right now. So I think it's time for me to kind of jump ship again and kind of go that route. But kind of what we were talking about, I know we've talked a a little bit about software and hardware, but what are some of your favorite tools um, that you use maybe on a day to day basis or just a tool you love using when you get the opportunity to use
1: uh, really and truly, we've kind of combined. Also, talk, going back to streamlining, we've kind of combined everything into TechSuite um, from uh, the same people that make Kabuto. Uh, we, we were using D7, and with the lack of updates, and it started having issues there. But uh, I've heard they've since released a new, new version. But we're we've switched over to TechSuite and it's a really awesome program. Uh, we, we've got it thrown up on the you know folder or FTP on our site, so we can log in FTP and download it. You know when we're in remote sessions. Uh, instant house call we use that for one-off remote support outside of our RMM uh, it's got it built into where you can just click a button it pops it up so it, you don't have to download it so it makes it real nice but we put everything into Tech Suite. I mean all of our you know I we went through you know Western Digital Lifeguard tool just to scan hard drives crystal disk um, we've got our malware bytes, tech bench also automated into that uh, we, we've got probably 45 50 tools all in there so it's basically you know, that one Swiss Army knife, if you need to do anything to a computer, we even got fabs in there to back up data, um, all kinds of stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it's just download one quick tool and then you can launch any program you need on a customer's computer instead of trying to go to 50 different places to get tools. So, you know, some of those tools in TechSuite are just under the My Apps folder. They're not actually automated, you know, like, um, but that way, at least when a technician needs to log in a com- remotely into the computer, it's one, one tool, one thing, and you can, you know, run any tool you need. So just right there at your fingertips, so
0: cool, cool, yeah, um, I've actually just been all over the board um recently before I was a, a very uh d- devoted tech suite user um I've since moved over to uh malwarebytes tool set tried to i uh, gave them great tool set um and then now I'm trying out UVK, where u v k has quite a, i mean quite a lot of great stuff. Um, And has a great branding license available for technicians, but he has another tool um, that also is called the tech tool store. And it's kind of similar to tech suite on updating the apps and running everything. And it's basically downloads all these uh, uninstallers apps and things like that as well. So I'm playing with that right now kind of just trying to get my feet wet and see where do I want to kind of stand on because I'm looking for a tool that is kind of all in one small in size so that I can use not only on site but also remotely as well. Um, Right now we use Splashtop for our remote support stuff and so far it's been pretty good. Um, I just love the uh, mobile app and being able to connect via Mac and uh, Windows machines and I'm not sure if you uh, support Macs as well at your shop.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. We we actually have a couple of customers. It's all Mac, so
0: we do okay. quite a few Macs. And Instant House, you, you're able to remote in there with Instant House, call or are you using the SolarWinds uh, uh, MSP Anywhere to connect?
1: Uh, well, they're actually a managed service client, so we actually use the SolarWinds MSP Anywhere. Uh, so so Instant House calls that we only use for, like, the one-off connections, but all of our uh, clients that's in our RMM, we use the uh, SolarWinds MSP Anywhere. So Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Okay. Cool. No, no worries. Um, so we talked about uh, those tools. There is there any hardware tools that you like to uh, utilize for anything? Maybe for data recovery stuff or anything like that for your businesses or duplicating for imaging.
1: Uh, we actually have like four uh, workstations set up here that we use for cloning and testing hard drives and all that. All that nature there. I actually leave that up to uh, one of our end up guys. is really awesome with the hardware side of things. So he set up a lot of this and. Uh, kind of let them, you know, handle their own stuff. Uh, you know, if they have any ideas, we like to, you know, we're a close knit group. So we always throw in the, you know, that is, and it's like, Hey, you know, it's 50 bucks. Okay. Sure. Yeah. If it makes our life easier, let's do it. You know? So if it can, uh, you know, improve our processes or something like that, we'll do it. So, uh, you know, we set up quite a few little stations
0: like that just to test and clone and all that. So, okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and you don't have anything as far as they, like, stored on site for any images and things like that? Or is it just kind of just what those four machines are designed for? That's kind of all that wheelhouse is everything and inclusive. That's his uh, his kind of uh, domain to handle all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got that. Uh, I mean, we do have images of, um, you know, the different versions of Windows and all that stuff. We have um, a bootable USB drive. It's called an iDod, or I think it's I-O-D-D. Uh, you can grab it on Amazon, but it's a really cool drive. We put a solid state in it, uh, all of our technicians. We bought one for all of them, and uh, we keep all of our ISOs on there. So basically, you know, we've got 50 different ISOs uh, for different things, different tech tools, different Windows versions, and there's no no preparation or anything. You just throw it in a folder on there, plug it in, it shows up as a bootable CD drive and you just boot off of that USB hard drive and done, you know, so it makes it really nice to, you know, reset a password real quick or test a hard drive or boot up and load windows. So it's just all right there, one drive. So
0: Very cool. Very cool. Um, as far as the, so those type of drives, um, do you have any other type of brand for external drives or that's kind of your go-to for anything that, um, your technicians may need, um, to store any of those tools or, uh, any images and things like that?
1: Yeah. I mean, they have some flash drives and stuff with some tools on it, but that's our, that's our main drive basically. Um, since it, since it has the bootable built-in stuff, it makes it really nice to be able to, you know, for all of our field technicians to carry that around and, you know, if they need to diagnose something, you're not carrying around, you know, big binder of CDs anymore. So. Right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. I actually just found my old binder that had all those CDs in there. And it's just amazing how I just consolidated that with uh, with just one drive. The reason why I asked that is because I I have a horrible history with uh, external drives. And I would always buy passports. And for whatever reason, I would always go. I think in probably in a year and a half, I went through about seven passports. Um, I just, I guess I beat them to, you know, holy heck. And, uh, I finally settled on Toshiba and the Toshiba that I bought about four or five years ago is just now going bad on me. So gotta, uh, replace that soon before I'm in a bad uh, situation, but I already have it started flagged when I have a scan with a uh, malware bites tool set or crystal disc. It's already warning me. Hey, it's about to go out. You want to start, uh, Moving it on to the next. So that's uh, next on the list. So I'm gonna look up this. Uh, you said it's IDOD, IDOD? Uh, I dot I IODD, Yeah. I O so. D D. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, they I make several. Oh, I'm
1: sorry, they make several different uh, models and stuff. The one we have has kind of like a number pad on the front of it uh, with some mm-hmm. buttons and a little LCD screen. So you can, when you plug it in, you can actually select which ISO you want to boot and hit enter, and mm-hmm. it's selected, ready to go.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool. It sounds like uh, my uh, duplicator, um, in a sense, that's kind of what we have. Um, it doesn't store the images, but basically, um, it's a StarTech uh, duplicator where I can plug one particular machine, create a several images onto uh, another drive, and then plug that drive, and then whatever I'm going to put as the target drive, I can select through the ISO and just copy that right over. Has really helped out with uh, some data recovery options that we were looking forward to. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've been looking into possibly getting one of those uh, I've seen uh, mention on the Facebook groups quite a bit. So,
0: yeah, I um I, I want to say it's probably the best best investment that I made on that. I know they come with a 4 bay one and then they have a, a regular just one bay. Uh tried out the one bay. I think I paid about 2 about 285. I think the 4 bay is about 4 to 500, but yeah, it's worth the I I already paid it over several times just because of the data recovery stuff. There was one um, job where I had a hard drive, plugged it into the docking station. It didn't read. It wasn't registering in disk management, n- the whole shebang. Grabbed that, re- grabbed a new brand new hard drive, plugged it into ha- and the duplicator actually read the drive. Um, read the drive, copied everything over, grabbed a new drive, plugged it in, grabbed all the data. So, yeah, so it worked out in my favor for that one and a lot of slow drives and things like that. So I usually use that as like my last ditch effort if they don't want me to send it over to a partner. Um, We use Gilware for our data recovery stuff. So usually if they don't want to spend that type of money, we'll try and do kind of this Hail Mary, per se, and see if that works. Sometimes it works out good. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, And even when we do our diagnostic uh, as we go ahead and scan the hard drive, we actually pull the drive out. If they say it hasn't turned on or whatever it may be, we actually copy the drive before we mess with it to try and do any type of recovery or just as we're diagnosing the uh, machine as well.
1: Yeah, yeah so, uh, yeah, we also use Gilware as well. They've, they've been great and recovered probably, I think, about out of the 12 drives we sent in, probably 10 of them they've recovered. The other two have been scratched on the surface, so there's you know, no no possibility right. there, but.
0: Yeah, it seems like every time I send one over there, it's either something, it's either 30% of the data that can be recovered or exactly like you said, it's just a scratch right through. It's just, you can see the glass straight through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nope, totally get it. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit um, on some business tips that worked for you? I mean, you, you got a shop going on, you've kind of migrated from a store uh, storefront uh, with that busy uh, traffic coming in you've kind of migrated over to small business. Um, If you were to take yourself back to when you first started and started trying to drum up business, um, what what allowed you to, A, make that transition from drumming up this business from residential and make that shift to business, and then where around in that time, did it make sense for you to just move into managed services if it wasn't just in that same moment from transitioning from residential to business?
1: Yeah. So uh, basically, I started off working part-time for a business just on the side after hours of my other jobs. Like I, I used to get off at three o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, I would worked for this one company and luckily I was working for them. And, uh, you know, that's where I've gained a lot of experience, you know, more residential stuff before. But, you know, they they had a old ISD in line and you know at the time and like three computers so they're like hey you know Jason and we need to get 12 computers and now we want to put in a server and a document management server and all this stuff they said can you do it I said sure so uh, you know little uh, school of hard knocks there and uh, basically (laughs) have ended up ended up figuring out Uh, you know over time uh, you know first server I ever installed had some issues and you know a lot of Google and a lot of uh, calling a few buddies I had and figured out you know some stuff there but uh, you know didn't have any formal training on servers or anything at the time I mean now you know, it's a whole different world. I've learned, you know, a lot and know how to do pretty much anything on server. But uh, and then we also have a server tech as well that does a lot of that now. But um, the biggest thing is is just, you know, getting in there, doing it, Googling it. Uh, you know, the, the, one of the things, you know, I wish I'd done back in the day and, you know, everybody always beats you up over price and stuff like that. So pricing's a huge thing. You know, back then I was way too cheap. Uh, so, you know, if you started off a long time ago, you know, with, with the correct pricing, you know, just think how much more money you'd have and how much, how much bigger your business could be if you had the funds to, you know, hire people and do things like that. So, and then, um, uh, one other thing I had with, uh, with the business is I was invited to be and I group one time and, you know, this, this plumber invited me and, uh, I, I turned him down because, you know, it's like, Oh, 300 bucks. I ain't, I ain't got $300, you know? So back then. So uh, you know, we you know, and now we're in four networking groups, and we get some of our largest jobs you know from these groups. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from networking groups. But we have you know four employees, you know, one in each different group. Uh, so I mean, it's it's you know that's another one of those. You know, if, if you go back in time and redo it, I definitely you know anybody should join the networking group. You know, even if it's not BNI, you know, something similar that's fine. But uh, that's that's where you get business. It's where you. Really learn to network with people and get those people trusting you and getting the business. So if you're trying to trying to go business side of things, definitely join a networking group. Uh, so that's that's really where we got a big jump in our businesses when we joined those groups. Um, but that's that's the biggest thing, biggest tip I could give is you know networking groups. So.
0: Gotcha. You know it, it's funny that you say that because I'm I'm actually in the middle of trying to figure out what I want to do. So I'm involved in three groups altogether. Um, one, two chambers, one's uh, the Illinois Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which has their annual fee, um, the West Loop uh, Community Organization, along with um, another nonprofit that uh, I work and help out as well. And as renewals are coming up, I was invited to a BNI and i group probably about a month ago or so. And exactly exactly like you said, I mean, there's so many people um, that have mentioned about B&I on how that's just your true sales force to get business out there. And you get that money well over. Um, I actually was meeting with, um, and this is probably going to get talked about on the live show in about uh, 10 minutes here as we're recording this on Sunday. Um, We had kind of a meetup between uh, me, John Dubinsky, uh, Joe Kay from Indiana, and Jeff. And we all met Alver in Grand Rapids from Thursday until yesterday. I actually just drove back uh, yesterday afternoon and we actually met on trying to kind of figure out our businesses and come up with strategies and and so forth and so on. But the biggest piece is talking to Joe is he was telling uh, about how BNI has drummed up so much business from in the tens of thousands just on his small duration of being with them for about three, four years, I think was the time frame he mentioned. Um, So that just right there just tells you 500 bucks of just putting that in and getting that business right back out having that sales force it's getting me to try and figure out do I renew with some of these groups or do I go ahead and go with BNI because I I could really use the sales force being that this is now going on in, into my second year of doing this full time and Then I have these other opportunities where they're giving me opportunities of growth and partnerships and things like that. So I'm kind of weighing out the difference as far as monetary wise. But even if I let's say I did commit to the monetary wise, I'm sure you're being what time does your B&I group meet every week? Uh, We meet at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning. So eight to nine thirty. We're usually done by nine fifteen okay so for me the one that it's going to be great for my area and for everyone that knows bni there's multiple chapters there's multiple groups that you can join there may be even quite a few of them in the area and how bni works is that there has to be one only they only allow one person of that particular industry in that group so there's a chance that you may find one and you want to join it but if there's someone that's the it guy there you won't be able to join that particular uh, bni chapter and they, you know, called me over, but for this one, it's Monday morning at seven in the morning, seven to nine, and they're usually done around 815. So it's that commitment that I also have to make sure because once every month, that's cool. But to do it every week, that's kind of a, a big commitment that I need to make sure that I'm willing to do. But I have some time to kind of think about that and, and make some considerations for it as well. But it sounds like ever since you've joined, it's been uh, pretty much a blessing and also just really helping you uh, grow your business from the sounds of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, our, our meetings eight to nine 30. So, you know, that's right in the, you know, we started eight o'clock here. So, I mean, that's right in the beginning of the work day, but you know, it's one of those things, uh, even back when I was a single tech I joined and, you know, I was just, you know, like it's just an appointment on your calendar. You know, you schedule everything else around it. It's worth every minute that you're there. I mean, the first first uh, time I joined, you know, the next week, I doubled my money that I paid for the membership by one of the members in the group, you know, using us. And basically, you grow that trust, the members start to use you. Then once they try you out and see how good you do, then, you know, they'll refer you out to, you know, people outside the group. And, you know, they always say their motto is giver's gain. So if you give to them and give them referrals, they're going to reciprocate back and, you know, keep you going. So it's, it's, it's very beneficial. So,
0: Yep. 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 And then, you know, for those that are thinking that, man, I wish I can do that, but I really just don't have it. You know, talk to some professionals that or your own clients. See if they're willing to borrow one of their spaces. See if there's a couple. I know that I have uh, my realtor. You know, I've used her for years and we had a conversation the other day on possibly getting some other like minded business folks, get them together and see if we can do a meeting once a month, see if we can drum up business that way and referrals. So think about that and look at your local chambers, see if they have something similar to this as well. Um, If BNI just right now isn't a fit, but from everyone I've talked to, even Mike Smith over at the Mike Tech Show has mentioned how when he first started out, had it not been for BNI, his business wouldn't have survived. So definitely something to, uh, to take with you as well. Um, but we're going to go back a little bit. I know that you mentioned, you know, one of the tips that you wish that you would have known is obviously being beat it up on price and trying to understand your worth and, and so forth and so forth, uh, so forth and so on. um, How did you translate that to the customer once you've realized that as far as your price and you started standardizing, I'm going to have to edit that part um, out, standardizing all that um, pricing schedules and being able to figure out for each individual client what allowed you or what kind of happened that allowed you to think, okay, I need to do X and how did you communicate that to your customer?
1: yeah so basically, I'd go in and have a sit down with you know the owner of the company or the person signing our check basically, uh, and talk to them about you know the price increases and stuff when when I was just a single technician guy. Um, then here you know last uh, about two years ago, we had a price increase. And we just basically sent out an email to everybody. I've got maybe one person reply back and, you know, kind of went, boo. You know, it's like, you know, no, you're raising the prices. I don't like this. But everybody else didn't say anything, you know. It's like, okay, no problem. And uh, the last two times we've actually raised our prices, it's kind of wild because we raised our prices. And it's like it seems like you got busier. I don't know what the deal was, but it's just like you raise the price and you got busier, you, you know, we didn't really loo- lose any customers per se. Um, so, um, I, you know, I, I think there needs to be a price increase, you know, ever, ever, you know, at least two to three years at the most. Some people say yearly, you know, it's, it's really depends on your area. We're, we're in a more of a, uh, you know, lower cost of living area. So we're, our prices probably aren't as high as, you know, Chicago, but uh, you know, we're, we're basically one of three managed service uh, companies in the area and then uh, the only other competition we have with um, with uh, in shop stuff is one other guy. So I mean, we're not really not really you know fighting against a lot of people in our city. I mean, w- we live in a tri area, so there's more people in other cities around us. But you know, in our city, we're that's kind of where we're at. So
0: okay, okay. Now, when you're discussing pricing, are you do you do a all in pricing model or do you do a X amount for hours software um, Things you're managing or your packages per se depending on what you're providing to the customer.
1: Yeah, we actually have a couple different packages So we do have like a prepaid hours type thing uh, Where customers can buy hours and we kind of service, you know all their stuff all their equipment and you know Based on the number hours is based on how many computers we cover stuff like that Uh, But uh, we do have an all-you-can-eat type uh, You know thing as well that works out better for our larger clients uh it seems like the smaller clients can't afford those prices so we kind of do a lot of the similar things for the prepaid hours versus the all you can eat but it's just you know we take care of more stuff on the all you can eat uh side of things because we're not limited by you know the hours and time so so we kind of sit down and talk to the customers and see see what is a better fit for them so you know a lot of our you know smaller clients that have you know four or five computers the hour you know the prepaid hours that renew every quarter is you know a better option for them Uh, but then our you know hire clients we've got a lawyer firm it's got like 25 lawyers and 10 support staff and you know they're they're better off with the all you can eat type stuff uh, so you can maintain their servers and network and everything not have to worry about it so
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so two questions just out of curiosity for my benefit. Um, how, so when you sell your prepaid hours, they have to use those hours within the quarter. It sounds like, and that's how you kind of gauge what the work needs to be done. And it get, they get a recurring uh, invoice every quarter from that.
1: Yes, yes, that's correct. So they, they have basically use the hours within that quarter, and we we actually allow them to roll over their hours uh, and you know take on quarter to quarter. But basically, you know, they have to keep renewing or they lose them. Uh, but we usually try and pick out which plan works best for them so you know at the end of the year we're close to zero and not not over overdoing the hours or underdoing the hours where they're having to pay a lot of overages so that
0: um, now do you have a minimum set of hours that they have to purchase or do you gauge that by the business size you don't have a, as a, like a business standard like as a business they need to purchase a minimum of x amount of hours per quarter and then we would adjust from that minimum needed
1: Yeah, so the very least we'll do is a five-hour, a quarter, you know, uh, managed services uh, agreement with them. And uh, we don't like contracts because a lot of the people in this area just absolutely hate them. Uh, Our two competing uh, IT companies in the area are are very well known for, you know, competing against us. And they lock people into three- to five-year contracts, and they start having issues, and they can't get out of them. So... I mean, it's easy for us to win over a client that they've had uh, just because we don't offer a contract. And, you know, and, and some people are like, no, you can't do that. But in our area, it's worked out great. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've we hardly ever lose a client. I mean, once we sign them up, I mean, we do you know, a superb job at keeping them going, making sure their backups are happening, man- managing them basically. And, uh, you know, that are happy with our service and, you know, I stay on top of all of our technicians and I've got a great group of guys right now, so I don't really have to really stay on top of them that much, but, uh, you know, we keep it all going, we make sure they're taken care of quickly, you know, so we don't need a signed contract to lock in three to five years to make sure you're going to stay our customer. You know, we, we want to do it more on a, we still sign an agreement, but it's, you know, even on the front page of the agreement says, you know, give us 30 days written notice you're done. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's more of a handshake mentality, you know, in this area, so, you know, they'd rather do it business that way and not be locked in. And we also do the same thing with that, with our voice over IP phone systems, never a contract, you know, people don't like getting locked in. There's a local company here that does phone systems that locks you in and, you know, it's it, their services not as up to par as it should be. So, you know, they lock them in and we come along and we're like, Hey,
0: we, you know, no contracts, free phones. And we're like, yes, let's do it. You know? so Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, um, yeah, I mean, at one point on that, um, Is, you know, from talking to quite a bit and I and I agree with you on the the no contract mentality. I think, you know, you don't want to keep someone in a contract that's miserable and then they're going to make you miserable. And it's just not going to be a good working relationship at that point. And then the second part about it, too, is that, you know, if they want to leave, they're going to leave. And, you know, you can get sued for anything on that type of deal for having a contract. So no contract is always soundproof. So depending and especially how you just mentioned your area is, you know, everyone kind of is just a great relationship together. Um, you know, there's really no need to do that type of thing. At least for me, um, that's kind of how I've gone through my process, you know, sending them the invoice, outlining what it is that we're covering on the project and so forth and so on. That's probably the only thing that I would have them sign, but nothing recurring outside of just the re- that recurring invoice that's uh, sent out. Um, and I man- I imagine you manage all that through Repair Shopper as well for the recurring, or are you are using another, uh, accounting platform to handle your billing and invoicing?
1: No, we'd like to, like I said earlier, like to keep it streamlined. So uh, the reoccurring invoices through Repair Shopper makes it easy. It automatically adds the hours to their bank uh, for customers to get discounts, you know, on all you can eat or the, you know, they buy so many hours a quarter that we offer a little bit of a discount. You know, we use the contracts feature Repair Shopper to automatically change the pricing for those discounts for those customers. Uh, so it makes it makes it super easy to maintain and keep it up. I mean, we got hundreds of reoccurring invoices and save so much time. You know, So
0: it's it's yeah. amazing. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I love the contracts feature. I think, uh, when I was in DC, I actually updated all my residential managed service clients. And then as I started building out my business clients for the prepaid, uh, hours, that's kind of what I do as well. So, um, yeah, no, that's cool. And then I know you mentioned free phones and so forth and so on. Um, the VoIP provider you're using is Freedom Voice, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. We use Freedom Voice and actually just got an email the other day that we're now an elite partner in the top 1% of the whole country uh, in, in you know, volume of sales. And um, we, we we do a ton of phones. So if you're looking to grow your business, uh, you know, another tip would be add voice over IP because – Somebody like Freedom Voice, it's an easy sell. You're already in there at the managed services. And it's like, hey, you need a better phone system. Okay, well, I can give you free, you know, color screen, polycom, HD phones for free. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we can sign up, no contract. Uh, And then two... You know, we make 20% on their bill. So if they're, you know, making 100 bucks, we get 20 you know, and so on. So so 20% reoccurring every month, uh, that's basically, we, we've been dropping that money into a savings account. And that's basically what's paying for our move to our new location is, you know, we're, we're taking that money and, and moving. And uh, it's a very, very great pro, uh, program they have. Uh, it makes it easy to sell them. I mean, we've sold phones locally. Uh, we have one company that's local, but they have, you know, eight locations across the United States. I mean, we drop their bill $500 a month. Uh, So, and ship the phones out. I mean, we program, set up everything here and ship the phones to them. So, I mean, it makes it super easy to deploy, you know, a a phone system nationwide even. So
0: Okay. 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 Very cool. Very cool. And then um, I had a question, but it just uh, escaped me at the present moment um, with the VoIP system. Oh, that was what I was going to ask. As far as support for those. Now, are you... Well, two questions. One, as you're selling them, are you billing them through your system or is it kind of just going through Freedom Voice and everything's handled through Freedom Voice at that aspect of it? And my second question outside of billing is how do you support it? Um, Is it because it's being done outside of you if you're billing that way, they have a number for support of Freedom Voice or do they call you uh, to kind of handle that?
1: Well, the uh, Freedom Voice, the the reason we chose them is because they're partner first. uh, So they they don't Really cater to the end user per se so 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 they want i t companies installing it so they know how to do the bandwidth management, the quality of service, and set up the phone system correctly uh you know it's not not this bondage stuff where you you know customers buy it and plug in they's like, oh, I got poor audio quality, well, you didn't do quality of service that's why so so you know they they want they want somebody who knows what they're doing to actually do it, so they're partner first uh so as far as support, they offer uh, you know some of our clients uh, part of our all you can eat type thing. Uh, We include some of that depending on the pricing and some of it you can actually Freedom Voice has, you know, a line item in there that you can actually say premium support. And so you can put in, you know, I want to charge, you know, five bucks a phone per month for premium support. And that automatically, you know, Freedom Voice is building that on their phone bill, but you get that, you know, paid to you from Freedom Voice each month when you get your commissions. Uh, So that's a really, really cool way to do, you know, premium support that way. Also, the cool thing I like about them is if you actually, you know, if one of our customers actually calls free to voice for support and it's during our normal business hours, they will actually say, OK, hold on one second. Let me get your, your, your you know local support guy and they will actually call here, connect them with us and then we'll handle the problem, you know, handle the problem. So, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to handle it, you know. So but it's, uh, you know, it's to me, it's more billable hours, uh, so more billable time to help that customer. So you're making more money so to me i'm like yeah you know send them our way but most of our customers we got trained you know to give us a call uh you know if it's nights and weekends or whatever i mean they can still call them they have our business hours in their system so they'll actually help them so it's not a not a big deal if you're not right there on the phone to help but uh you know they got somebody 24 uh, 7. also the partner side of things they have a dedicated partner support uh number that you that you know as us technicians can call and actually get the uh you know, support from the same, you know, five people that's based out of California. So, I mean, it's really, really fast support. They always answer within one to two minutes. I mean, it's, a, it's amazing to actually call them when you have an issue, but, you know, after we've been doing the, their phone systems for four years now, I mean, we're You know, we're, you know, we pretty much know pretty much everything and how to do it. So, but every every once in a while you still run into something weird. So, you know, you have to call them for this or that, but they, you know, we're on first name basis with the people there. It's only the same four or five guys, you know? So it's like you call up and say, Hey, Jason, say, how's it going? You know? So it's, it's, it's really cool to have that kind of a, you know, close uh, relationship with your vendor like that. So, uh, really, really cool people. Um, and then, you know, support, uh, you know, uh, they bill their own phone bill. So you're not having to, you know, bill, you know, charge be charged for phone bill and bill them, you know, Freedom Voice does all the phone side billing. Uh, so they, they do all that. But, you know, we just bill if we support it, either through that, either through that premium support or charging them by the hour to do something. So
0: Okay. So when they pay the bill, they're paying it directly to Freedom Voice anyway, but um, you're able to charge those bills. Because I was, the only reason why I brought that up is because if, let's say they had a uh, an outage. And, you know, there's nothing you can do, um, especially if you have some of these uh, phone systems on all you can eat um, platforms. If these are really a lot of billable hours that you just really can't get paid for because it's an all you can eat um, platform. I was just curious if they had their own support that you kind of lean toward them or you kind of just adjusted um, in that type of situation outside of the all you can eat platform.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we, we basically, you know, build by the hour to, to do that. And, uh, they, they have two, they have servers in California and servers in New York. So they've got two points of presence. So they're, you know, if there's one, one problem with the internet on this side of the country or that side of the country, it switches automatically. So we really, I, I think there's been one blip that they've had in the past four years we've doing it. <coughs> Excuse me. So, I mean, it's been really, uh, really great service. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Well, Jason, you know, I appreciate your, uh, your time here um is there anything else you'd like to share um with the listeners on kind of our conversation today or anything that you uh that we may have left out on you know just understanding a little bit more about the business and just uh some tips that you that's worked for you
1: yeah um biggest tip i have is good join a networking group doesn't have to be bni uh there's we're actually a member of three networking groups that aren't bni but have the same structure so you know 80 bucks to join the local groups you know so same referral type stuff so it doesn't have to cost a lot of money you just need to you know ask around and stuff uh, we've been a member of chamber of commerce in two cities here locally and you know that's not really got as much business i mean we go and go to all kinds of events but you know the, the businesses if you want to grow it is join a networking group for sure just make sure you block it off on your schedule and do it
0: gotcha gotcha no, um, that's awesome. No, I, I appreciate your time, and you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, uh, you can check out our website, UnboundDigital.net. Uh, they're more than welcome to send me an email, Jason at UnboundDigital.net. If they have any questions, I'd be more than happy to help them out in any
0: way. So, yep. And then uh, another piece here: plug for IT owners' compass. Um, you will be there, um, from our conversations before. So in case you guys want to meet Jason in person, definitely a great time to come to my hometown in Chicago, August 24th to the 26th. Uh, again, we, I know I've said this on a previous episode and quite a few of us on other networks have said this, please get your tickets soon. It's looking like that this event will sell out soon. So I know we've mentioned this in years past and for other, uh, conferences that we were involved with. This is something that you want to take advantage of if you are looking to come out to Chicago. If anyone wants to go ahead and find me, you can find me over on Twitter at my handle, Shy Tech CEO, or you can find me over on LinkedIn. If you would like to be a guest like Jason, send an email to guest at podnuts.com. Don't forget, if you need business paperwork to get you started in your computer repair business, then check out the link for the Nibble Computer Business Kit over at podnuts.com slash deals. Also help support the PodNuts network by giving a dollar a month over through our subscribe button on podnuts.com. Or if you are interested in joining the secret Facebook group of the Computer Repair Podcast, go over to Patreon, patreon.com slash computerrepairpodcast. I want to thank everyone for listening and subscribing to the show, and see you next time on Tech Life.